Hello and welcome to the Middle Ground Podcast, a podcast all about Baker Prairie. I am your host, Kate Shively. Welcome back. This week I had a really great interview with our guest, Carrie Stewart, and it went a little longer than my typical interviews because it was just so good. So I will keep this first segment short. I'm talking about just being a community. This has been really a crazy year, which I think is now one of the more common sayings. <laughs> so the organizing committee of the Olympics has actually just released their 2020 slogan, and it is United by Emotion. And that feels just so real, I think, for all of us, you know, between a pandemic, an election, civil rights movements happening across the country, we are all in our feelings. And it's just a lot. So I've talked about anxiety here before. I mean, I think I could list off at least 10 feelings that have dominated this whole season for me, thinking back to March on, you know, sadness, anger, frustration, hopelessness, some grief, some fear, a lot of boredom, and even gratitude, love, and some joy and happiness thrown in there. I think I mentioned before, you know, we were able to make the best of our wedding and feel really loved and celebrated in that in our backyard over the internet with our families. And so there have definitely still been some good moments. But a byproduct of a pandemic can be isolation, which you're probably thinking, duh, Kate, we know that. <laughs> we're experiencing that. You know, we are not as much as we were before. We can't gather. And then on top of that, any person that you walk by that you don't know, and even some people you do know, they're a possible spreader of a lethal virus. And a virus that we are now learning too has these long lasting circumstances to hearts, lungs, and brains that they didn't know about before just because it's not a virus we knew well. So that's really scary. At the same time, we need people. You know, community brings so much value to life and the things we learn from our communities are really valuable. So we learn that we matter. We learn we can rely on other people. We learn we're cherished. And that in turn shows us that we can be relied on, which is valuable, and that we cherish others as well. So our connections with other people are important and they increase our happiness, they increase our health, and they increase everyone's well-being. And that does go for us introverts too. You know, it plays out maybe a little bit differently and it can look a little different, but introverts need that just as much as extroverts do. Community can be really hard in times where feelings are intense and opinions are intense. And you know, in your friend community, that's probably a little bit easier, right? You share a lot of the same opinions. You understand each other because you have that friendship history and that base. And in a broader community like Canby, just as an example, because that's where Baker Prairie is, there are a lot of people you don't know. There are people you don't understand and there are people you don't agree with, which is a natural part of life. I mean, you can find that in my grandparents' house at every holiday, right? We gather as an entire family unit and there is a variety of everything in that house. The way we get through this together is to remember those fundamentals of being human, that we need each other, that we want to be understood, and that we need safety. That safety piece is crucial and really can get in the way sometimes. If you don't feel safe, you likely go into some kind of survival mode. There are some anxiety and stress around that too. Real life example, say I leave a restaurant at night um, and I see a man outside walking that I don't know and it's just he and I on this sidewalk. You better believe I'm looking for another person, an escape route, and my phone and my mace are at the ready, or at least I'm thinking about exactly where they are. And that's just instinctual. That's just instinctual. This is a survival instinct we have. That example is obviously specific to the survival training we learn as women, right? But that's an instinct everyone has. Cavemen relied on that instinct to literally survive. So in a civilized society, that'll play out differently, right? So I'm not going to grab mace if I feel emotionally unsafe, but I may not listen to someone who challenges what I think. I may put them down. I may attack their beliefs. 
something that makes me feel like I am on more emotional, solid ground. And this is really tough stuff. Our beliefs are very personal things, right? They are our beliefs. They affect how we do everything and how we view the world. So a lighthearted example, my belief that my dog is a family member means that I absolutely broke up with a boy after a pretty serious argument about his belief that dogs were just farmhands. You know, we had very different views on that. If I'm remembering correctly, I did unfortunately make some jokes about the correlation between people not liking dogs and also being serial killers. That is not true at all, right? And I know that. I know some people who don't particularly like being around dogs for whatever reason, and they are amazing people. But those snap judgments that we make are defense mechanisms, and they break down communities. We don't all have to agree to be a good community. The best communities are made up of people who can respectfully disagree and learn from each other. You need that diverse thought. So anytime we can get in the mindset of us versus them, learning stops and working together stops, and we cannot thrive when we're in that place. It is incredibly important that we as the grown-ups model good community and disagreement for kids. They too will need community to thrive and to learn those lessons that only come from exposure to diversity. I like to leave you with something concrete, so I've made a list of five things that I recommend for that respectful discourse that happens in community that allows communities to stay strong. The first one is to stay away from making it personal. So like I said before, that's very challenging because our beliefs are personal things to us. So try to remember that you're probably mad at the idea the other person is raising and not the actual person. The second is to use respectful language and behavior when disagreeing. So probably going against our natural instincts, right? But you want to avoid putting the other person down or going on a tirade. So things like sarcasm, yelling, derogatory comments, none of those are helpful. They will stop any open-mindedness or progress in the conversation and you will definitely not get your point across. So try something like, I don't agree and here's why. That's a productive way to start. The next is using I statements like the one I just used. You probably heard that a lot. You statements sound accusatory and argumentative and similar to sarcasm, they're going to end that conversation and you will not get your point across again. So one example that you've probably heard in your own house, maybe you've heard this from your kid, right? You always remind me about my chores on Wednesdays when you know I have a lot of homework. That has a very different tone from, hey, grown up, I'm feeling pressured because I have a lot of homework tonight. Can I do those chores tomorrow? That is probably what you would rather hear from your student and you're more receptive when you do. And this is a skill that they will learn from you. So very important to model that. Okay, my last two tips are probably the most challenging. So number four is to listen. Number five is to stay calm. When it comes to listening, being a good listener is a show of respect and it increases the chance that another person will do the same thing for you. And that's really important. So that means, you know, you're not thinking about what you're going to say next when they're talking or why someone else is wrong. And you're really just being in the moment and absorbing what that other person is saying. So if you want to be understood, you also have to try and understand someone else. And so going on to number five, stay calm. Huge challenge to stay calm and rational when you feel passionate about something. And the issues that divide communities are those things that we feel very passionately about. So do your best to be mature and manage the conversation calmly, even if the other person can't. So not everything is a lesson, right? We can exist in our differences without having to choose sides and exclude those people who don't agree with us. Community has kept us alive as a human race, and it's going to be what helps us thrive in hard times. And this is one of those hard times. So now on to our guest. On top of talking about communities, we're also talking about the challenge of being a multitasker, which we are all multitaskers now. And so I am going to play our pre-recorded interview with Mrs. Stewart, and I hope you enjoy.
Okay, so this week we have Carrie Stewart. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, and <laughs> like you can see it. Like, <laughs> you know, I still do that on podcasts. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a whole four episodes in now, but I will still like hand gesture and nod and like no one knows what I'm doing on here. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself and particularly what it is you do at Baker Prairie. Okay, so my name is Carrie Stewart. I am from Oregon. I'm from Boring, Oregon, so on the way to Mount Hood. Um, I teach social studies to eighth graders at Baker Prairie. Awesome. And you and mom and all these other things too, but that's kind of more outside of school. <laughs> Yes, but very important, especially when your school is at your home now. So obviously teaching is not the only role you have. (laughs) No, like today, for instance, um, my sweet daughter didn't save whatever project she was working on and it was already her second attempt. And so it was just, so that was part of the morning instead of doing what I'm supposed to do is trying to get her doing her thing. And it's a lot. So yeah, lots of mom. Yeah, lots of (laughs) Moms in yeah. all caps underlined, I think, right now. Yes. Well, we're, and we're going to get into that, so I'm excited to hear more about that. And I do think, you know, for listeners, if you don't know Miss Stewart well or even at all, you may not know that she has a very special place in her heart for a certain um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I do. Um, and I do. Like, you walk in her classroom when that's appropriate, and you will see that love out in the open. I'm just curious about how your appreciation for him came to be and grow to this place. Well, it's also funny because if you came to my house right now, you would also see him, which is kind of like, like that part's kind of embarrassing because people come over and they're like, um, there's a full size Dwayne Johnson in your kitchen. And I'm like, yes, I didn't buy it. Like to be clear, like all of the memorabilia and cool stuff I have, I have been gifted. So I'm very lucky to have some lovely people who gift me things, um, such as the full size Dwayne that it stands like next to the cupboards right now. He gets moved around because of my puppy, but so yeah, so I love Dwayne Johnson for multiple reasons. I feel like it started about four or five years ago. And I think I watched a documentary on him and I was just impressed with like, he, I I feel silly sometimes talking about this because I don't necessarily like, I don't like idolize people or anything like that, but like, he just seems like a really cool guy. He laughs at himself, which I think is super important. Like he's able to laugh And I think so many people take themselves way too seriously and aren't able to laugh. He's a really hard worker. And he tells you, like, throughout his stories, he had a really tough childhood. Like, not, like, tough in that times were tough. You know, they didn't have a lot. And and he just worked through that. And he worked his tail off to kind of get where he is. And he continues to work his tail off. So I also really like he's, like, an active supporter of women. He's surrounded by women in his life. He's got, like, lots of daughters and... And I mean, he still works with his ex-wife. I know things that I'm embarrassed to know, but like I know his birthday, but whatever. Anyway. (laughs) That seems very low on the things you shouldn't know about celebrities, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think birthday, that's, that's okay. And I, I'm a fan of his Instagram and anytime I see his posts of his daughters, it, I mean, oh, it just gets me every single time. Um, yes, just adorable. I mean, yes. and he just, I don't know. And like his eldest daughter is now going to start kind of following in the family footsteps and she's going to start wrestling, which is crazy impressive. So, and he's always up at like four in the morning working out, which more power to him because I don't function at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I think we do, we make light and we kind of joke about it. But in, in all serious, there's a lot to admire about him as like who he is as a person, not just as a 
star. He's, as a person, a really cool human being. Right. And kids always think that it's like, I'm in love with him, which is not the case. Like, that's not, you know, they think it's weird. I'm like, I'm, that's not it. I just think that he should be my BFF. That's it. Like, I think we could hang out and like, eat together on his cheat days. Um, I don't know about his other days, but on his cheat days, I'm there. Yeah, and when that happens, I'd love to know so I can come be a part of those cheat days because that sounds like so much right? fun. Yeah, and he loves, he's part of Salt and Straw now too, the ice cream. Like what? last year he did something with them. Like I, I don't remember exactly what, but I love ice cream. I love Salt and Straw. Clearly we are just meant to hang out. I may right. have leveled up now in my appreciation. <laughs> right, I mean, what is not to like about me? <laughs> Oh, okay. Thank you for letting me ask you about that. I, I love that's one of the things that I really like about you is just yeah. your appreciation for him. And it is really cool, actually. So if we swing back around to something you brought up before, you know, you are one of our Baker Prairie staff members who has young kids at home doing their own virtual school while you are teaching from home doing virtual school yourself. So tell me a little about that. I know your kids are younger, but what grades are they in and, and how is that going? Um, it's tricky. So my husband is also a teacher. So, um, he teaches in Oregon city. So we have kind of worked it around in the house so that he's in our storage space working on his computer. I'm in the kitchen area area on my computer. And then the kids are down the hallway in their bedrooms on their computers. And so my daughter is in fifth grade this year. They both go to Trost. So she's in fifth grade and my son is in third grade. And so they they don't want us to interrupt when they are in their Zooms. We will come in and peek in and like, how's it going? And they're like, go away, go away. You know, like cool, motioning mom. for us to like get out of the room or like giving a thumbs up way out to the side. Like, do not interrupt what I am doing. So they don't want us involved at all. <laughs> but it's overall, it's fine. But they have questions. And at first, you know, it's at first when they were trying to get on, things weren't happening. So I would be, and even now, like while I'm teaching, one of them will show up behind me sometimes and they'll like almost try and hide behind me or like tap, tap, tap on my shoulder or try and whisper in my ear. Our lunches, it's a weird thing. I don't, the lunches don't totally overlap. So while I'm teaching, they're still behind me eating. And that has caused some interesting, like I mute myself and my students probably see me. They just see my head turn. And then I turn around and smile and say, okay, well, let's get back to it. And my kids leave the room. So it is tricky. There's a lot of juggling. I was telling my husband, I don't feel like I can actually work sometimes until like two because of all of the other stuff that's just happening between them and breakfast is happening during my prep. So that's happening behind me. Then it's lunch and then it, you know, and then it's in and out trying to finish projects. And so it's, it's stuff. It's a lot. That's a so. lot. And a new puppy, right? So you had got a puppy over some of this quarantine time who was very Which cute, but a puppy. May or may not have been a good idea. Um, he's adorable. He's so sweet. His name is Gus, or actually it's Augustus Twinkletoes. And he is five months old in a week or so. And always at the wrong time. He's always got energy at the wrong time. I know I told you at one point he found a dead animal in the yard and was running around with that. And so I think it was third period that maybe I had to like just say hold on a sec he also attacked Dwayne behind me once and he also oh, got no. my foam roller from working out so just to add to the mix of like excitement of I don't know what I'm doing in a zoom meeting let's add a puppy <laughs> on top of all of the management of all of the other beings in your home 
both adults working, you know, puppy happening, you're learning new systems, having to do school in a whole new way. So it's um, a big, just a big thing of chaos, it sounds like. It is, it is. And it's a lot of, I mean, and part of it is it's not knowing how to do, like in a classroom, I can stop and look at somebody's iPad and say, oh, you just have to do this. And it's just a little tweak. It's just something tiny usually. And, but this way it's like, wait, what screen are you on? What does it say exactly? You know, it's, you can't get all of the things and you're also talking to all the other kids in the class at the same time, whereas in the classroom they can be working. Well, and like today or this weekend, I assigned assignment, not realizing that only 40 students could log into it at a time. So once it hit 40, the other 120 of my kids or whatever couldn't do it. So I had to create more links. And so it's, it's learning all of that and not know, you know, at the same time. Yeah, I think I had a meeting that I was holding for the first time in a virtual setting and I, I, a teacher emailed me after and said, hey, that went well, you know, and it was just being really supportive and nice. And I, I did, I told her, I said, there's just nothing like learning in the moment that you are like presenting in front of other people. There's nothing like it. Right. So many teachable moments this year that are very uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. <laughs> and especially when it's a Zoom full of no faces, you know, mm-hmm. so like if I can see a face, I can like, they'll respond, you know, like I mess up and I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, you don't see a face and you're like, I guess I messed up, (laughs) you know, or, or you don't know, or can you see my screen and nobody responds? You're like, well, okay. All right. Well, I would guess that's also hard. I mean, I've been in your classroom, right? And part of the fun of that teaching is the enthusiasm you get from kids and the interaction and you see their faces, they interact with you. And it is, it's, I've been in those classrooms and it's a sea of, of gray boxes with names, which is really hard. I would imagine just to like get that same classroom enthusiasm feeling that way. Very much so. And I, I have even had conversations with my husband about like, I don't, this sounds dramatic, but like, I don't know how long I can do it where I don't see faces because it's just, it's so hard. You get no feedback. You don't, you can't respond to it. I I feel like I'm just talking into a box all day long by myself and that doesn't feel good. And it is exactly like being in a classroom, you, there's just so much fun energy and I like to laugh with students and I'm telling all my cheesy jokes by myself and I don't know, you know, nobody can even roll their eyes at me. I don't, you (laughs) can't even get that reaction. I don't know. It's not as fun as it could be. Yeah. That's, I know I feel for those hosts of night shows that are just telling or those talk shows, just telling jokes to an empty room. I mean, there's no laughing or anything. And I just think, how do you do that? But yeah, we don't go into education to talk at a screen. No, I'm not, I'm not that good at it. (laughs) Turns out. We will all be very excited to be back in school. I think that's something I can say with confidence. For sure. So with all that going on, how do you manage your stress? And I, and even just like overall well-being with everything that's happening all at the same time throughout the day. Some days a lot better than others. Um, I am by nature a crier, which students who have had me in the past know that, which I don't know if that's, they're comfortable with it, but I feel like this is how I express. My body just expresses itself through tears, whether they're happy or sad or angry or who knows, like my emotions come out through tears. And I have learned, or I'm still learning that I can't be embarrassed by that because that's just who I am. Like parades get me every time the stinking marching band goes by, I'm done. (laughs) And if I know the kids, then it's even worse. So there have definitely been some days of crying or just moments of crying where like suddenly I'm just crying between a classroom (laughs) and then I get myself back together. But it's also 
stepping away. I, I have to step away. So I try to be healthy. Like I take the dog for walks. I do workouts several times a week. Um, and I have to like make myself do them. So like tonight I was still working and I had, I still have so much work to do and I have to put it down and like, I got to get the workout in. I have to, if I don't, if I don't stop now, I won't do it and my body needs it. So that's one. And just laughing, like watching ridiculous shows. I just watched both seasons of Cobra Kai um, because I do this whole lesson that's about the karate kid and like there's a fight, but who saw the fight and who knows what happened. So we like do this whole, like, this is how you get to learn history is everybody sees things differently. And in talking about it, kids start talking about Cobra Kai. And I watched all episodes of it over the weekend, staying up way too late, which is not good for you, but. Maybe worth it for Cobra Kai. That was a good show. Yeah. And I totally think Johnny's a great, well, he's not a great guy, but like kind of team Johnny a little bit. Like, I don't know. He's lost. And anyway, that's the complexity, which is what you're teaching in history. But right. That's the complexity. So good. So many sides to the story. (laughs) Who knew it was the karate kid all along? Not me. Yeah. Not me. (laughs) So I don't know. I think those are some of the ways spending time with my kids being outside is a big help. I just got to be outside. I can't stand inside. I'm also a baker, which is good and bad because I have totally perfected my chocolate chip cookie, which is awesome. But then I make them and eat them all by myself. Like, not Mm -hmm. all by myself, but kind (laughs) of. Quarantine baking has been good and bad for everyone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all the, like, it helps me to get out and do the yard work and walk the dog. (laughs) I got to do that to help counteract all the delicious things I eat. So. It's all about balance. All Similar exactly. to another theme in Cobra Kai, balance is important. Yes. So it all yes. comes back. I mean, obviously you're having a certain level of success. I would imagine it varies kind of day by day, depending on how the day goes of managing that, but also keeping your positive attitude for the most part. And so what advice would you give to other parents who are doing the same thing where they're working from home and their kids are also home doing their own school and, and meeting things throughout the day? So this came from my husband's school. I think it's one of their norms for meetings, but we have it on a little board up in our kitchen and it says, assume best intentions. And I have to kind of think that through and just like process it sometimes. I mean, and that's all even kind of just more with my family and getting along with our, ourselves. That's not necessarily outside the family, but just assume best intentions. That And as a teacher, I feel like I'm working 24 hours a day right now. So just giving, I feel like the word grace is given is being used too much, but just giving people some slack and knowing that we really are doing the best we can while maintaining our own sanity. I know my children's teachers are, they're doing such an awesome job. My kids are so happy to be seeing them and they just love being able to interact with their teachers and classmates. Yeah, just take a breather. Like it's okay. And it's going to work out. Like this is not the end-all be-all of education right now like it's okay like we're gonna get through it it's gonna be fine nothing is nothing is permanent right now like it's gonna be okay and even if it's not like the most stellar educational year everybody's gonna be okay what you do this year is not going to not get you into college someday it's you know you're gonna be fine you're gonna make it it's gonna be all right just kind of taking it all into consideration that everybody's on the same playing field right now 
nobody is out there, you know, doing something 20 times better than you. Like, it's okay. Like, we're all here, like, stuck in the mud a little bit, and we'll get out of it. Just kind of keeping that in mind that it's okay. That's really good advice. Just the time perspective of this is a, this is a year in time. This is not the rest of kids' educational time. Um, this is not forever, and days can feel like they are lasting for a really long time because of the situation we're in, but it isn't forever. So I really like that piece, especially. Yeah. And we yeah. are all in it together. I mean... Right. Well, and I think it's, I think it's Glennon Doyle who, I think this is part of her book, which I haven't read, but I see her and it's something like we can do hard things. I also keep telling myself that like, we can do hard things. I can do hard things. We can do this. I mean, this is hard, but we all have been up against hard things before and we will again and we can do this. I yeah. need that on a poster in my own office. <laughs> no, no, I've been considering it putting above my computer. Like, and then as I'm struggling, just look up and be like, yep, right. okay, we can do hard things. Deep okay. Breath, hard things. <laughs> Speaking of doing hard things, this is the portion of the interview that is not challenging at all. So <laughs> we have made it to the gauntlet, which is just a series of rapid fire questions. I just want your first impression for each of these questions. So Carrie Stewart, are you ready for the gauntlet? I think as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> All right, what is your favorite Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie? Oh, God, I love the Jumanjis. Like, and I feel like number two, even more than number one, I was laughing so hard. My whole family went, it was like, I think it might have been even for my birthday, like my brothers and their wives and my parents, we all went and sat in a row. My brother made me a sweatshirt that has his face on it. It's atrocious. It's like, I wore it because they kind of made me, but it's like, anyway. I was laughing out loud and like my family was laughing because I was laughing. Like I love, so I think the Jumanji's are the, yeah. Jumanji yes. too. Yes. Uh, okay. So describe your middle school self in three words. Oh, um, trying. <laughs> Let's see. Young <laughs> and wanting. <laughs> You know, there were only 50 of us in my grade because boring. And right. um, yeah, just trying so hard to be one of the cool kids and wanting to be one of the cool kids. And there's only 50 kids. So like, it's a, you know, small margin, but oh, just wanting to be that. But Fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. Your favorite breakfast food. I love currently like, uh, I'm a sucker for the avocado toast with a fried egg. Like that's, I love that. But huevos rancheros, that one's hard to beat. I like breakfast, though, but I don't want to make it. I want to go out for breakfast. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Lonesome Dove is right up there at the top, which is a great big fat Western book, which is not my genre at all. And it was recommended to me by so many people, and I read it, and I really liked it. And I need to read it again, because last time I read it was like 14 years ago. Once you started, you just couldn't put it down. It was really good. Okay, that is my list too. TikTok or Snapchat? I feel like I've probably seen TikTok more, but I do neither. Yeah, that's an acceptable answer also. Yeah. Favorite Halloween candy? Baby Ruth Snickers Butterfinger. Like those, it's the three. Mm -hmm. You yeah. could like turducken those. That would be a dream candy bar. Oh, Yes. Okay, and the last question, I want you on the record. Should we have a designated nap time at school for adults and for students? I have a hard time napping, but I see the benefit. I'm going to say yeah. 
relaxation, if nothing else. Like just, just relax. Right. Maybe not. You don't have to nap. But a rest time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. We're four for four on that. So again, I just see this. I like this progressive movement we have towards naps at Baker Prairie. Four out I of definitely 30 feel like I need them at home while I'm teaching. Like I really just I keep eyeballing my couch. Like if I just lay down for a minute, but that it won't go well. Yeah. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you so much for being here and talking with us today. Yes. Thank you again, Mrs. Stewart. So we do have a couple of announcements. Some of these are Baker Prairie and a couple of these are just for our community. So the first being grade day is coming up. So November 9th will be our first grade day this year. You can check your parent view to see how your student is doing, um, or you can have them show you their assignments through their Google Classroom. They can walk you through, you can see what's not completed, you can see grades, all of that good stuff. And if you know already your student is not turning in work, or maybe you learn that as you look at their grades, you can contact their teacher. There are small group times your student can sign up for and communication with the teacher is really the best way to get your student engaged. I recommend including your student in that. So if you're going to email the teacher, email with your student. Have them set up a Zoom appointment. It's really good practice for them in practicing self-advocacy and it also moves them towards operating independently in that distance learning setting. Some of this stuff is uncomfortable unless they've had a little bit of practice. So my next reminder is to Remember to go out and vote. So that may be that you are mailing your ballot, maybe you're dropping it off, but make sure you vote. Election day is November 3rd. And Oregon, as you know, is a mail-in ballot state. So you can drop your ballot off in a designated ballot box, or you can put it in the mail by Wednesday, October 28th. And that is next week, so make sure you have made your plan for how you intend to vote. Shout out to our front office secretaries, Ms. Dula and also Ms. Perez for holding down the fort while we are at a reduced staff and while the need for everyone to get help in so many different areas is so great, we appreciate you both so much. All right, let's end on a high note. So this week's high note comes to us from none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It only felt appropriate to end this episode this way after having interviewed Miss Stewart. So a little background in case you aren't as familiar with Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. Um, he had a rough start. He was arrested several times before the age of 17 for theft and fighting, but he used that past and credits it as a part of what shaped him into the person he is today. So he went on to play professional sports as well as his career in the WWE. And then after his athletic career, he created a production company called Seven Bucks, named after the $7 he had left in his pocket after his football career ended, which is crazy to think about. So since then, his acting career has obviously picked up and he has dedicated his life to helping others both financially and emotionally. So he went as far as to create his own charity named Dwayne Johnson Rock Foundation. And that strives to improve the health and self-esteem of children through a physical fitness program and nutrition education for youth all the way up to 22 years old. So their goal is to, quote, make every child smile. And his foundation also provides a platform of hope and possibility for children and people worldwide, which I just think is an incredible platform to have. So I've picked a few examples of Dwayne's awesomeness to share. So the first one, we've got Lexi. She is a hospital patient whom Dwayne visited and took a picture with. He went way beyond that and gave her some workout tips and set her up with Justin Bieber for her prom. So another fan had just one wish and her wish was to get her nails done by the people's champ, Dwayne Johnson. And of course he obliged and 
her nails, I will say, looked pretty good when he was finished. And lastly, at a children's hospital, Dwayne Johnson took the time to help an ill toddler, get this, with her bathroom duties. He definitely the people's champ. So not only did she love her helper, but they also did have some success there. What a hero. The Rock is cooking up some goodwill and kindness in the world, and we are here for it. So thank you again to Ms. Stewart for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you to Brent for the music, and thank you to the WWE for giving Dwayne The Rock Johnson the opportunity to inspire all of us. And as we always say, stay kind, Baker Prairie.